Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. the queen of confidence had to be like listen let me let you in the truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it the truth is confidence is hard showing up standing up speaking up getting on stage saying what you feel being seen as you are holy shit. everyone is confident everyone can access confidence because confidence is trusting yourself do you have trust in yourself that's all it is I'm gonna get on stage and possibly bomb but I trust that I will figure it out I don't know what the hell I'm doing but do I trust that 99% of the time I usually will work it out you're still alive my friend yes you've won already so when I look at confidence I look at do you trust yourself and if you don't every single day make yourself one little promise so that you can build self-trust which means you're building your confidence, which means you can do whatever the hell you put your mind to. Even if you mess it up, you learned something for the next time. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired keep evolving welcome back to the inspired evolution and we have with us today inspiring our evolution erica kramer erica how are you there sister bear I am so good. So happy to finally meet you. <laughs> oh, it is such a pleasure to have you here. And for those tuning into Erica for the first time, get ready, strap yourself in. She is the queen of confidence. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning confidence coach. She's turned her life's adversities, which we're going to dive a little bit into this today, into a mission to empower women all over the world. She's been affectionately coined the Cardi B of personal development. She combines her own personal journey and her studies in psychotherapy basically to inspire but also practically help this global movement that she's creating facilitate a transformation for women to live their lives around self-belief and empowerment and ultimately, yeah, just coming home to greater and greater levels of confidence. 
thank you so much for doing this. Should I say Cardi B or should I say Erica? I'll say Erica for now. <laughs> but there's a vibe. There's a vibe. You totally carry a vibe. There's no, there's no just, yeah, sorry. I'll yeah. let you speak. We won't be rapping. We won't be saying bad, that many bad words, but I do love her, her, she doesn't care what people think about her. She does her thing. She got sass. Like, she got mad sass. Her. I'm like, yeah, girl, I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah. And for those, that are tuning into the audio if you you probably can't see what's going on but like we've rocked up and you know she like well erica is rocking it big big hat and hey actually let's start there pink pink has been a color that is actually starting to mean more and more to you the more and more you spend time with it tell us a little bit about pink let's just start there for, for a quick yeah start. yeah so thank you for having me and pink was never i hated pink i hated what was wrong the with pink? color I just thought it was too soft, too womanly, too girly, too feminine. I was angry. I had pain. And I was like, I am black like my soul. That's my color. (laughs) (laughs) And as I started doing this work and looking for a brand and looking for it was pink started coming. And I was like, oh, what is this color? And it's actually been an evolution. I had magenta hot pink and I felt like that was younger, Erica, with like hair extensions and um breast implants and that was the young erica right and so pink and i have had this relationship which is hilarious that evolved yeah and when we did our rebrand in 2018 when i launched my coaching business it was like we really worked on pink and what shade and what does it mean and what does it stand for and it was like finding this blush empowerment pink not a baby soft pink because we don't want to apologize but um, now I think I have three pinks in the brand and it's for all of the elements of femininity and power, yet softness and strength. And so, yeah, it's definitely my alter shego, the pink and the hat. Altashigo. Altashigo. Oh, I'd love to ask you, yeah, you mentioned you started um, Confidence, well, you became this well, now you're in a renowned confidence coach, but what, um, cause your journey is not one that sort of, if I was to look at your origin story, which maybe it's worth you covering some ground in this space for people, because I've obviously done a hectic amount of research coming into this conversation. So I know your origin story. And then you look at your origin story and you're going to go, Oh, do you get mystified sometimes and go, Oh, what? Like I'm the confidence coach or maybe I'm just projecting on you and I should just stop. But yeah. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that when I speak about confidence and the reason it's so funny because the reason why the story came through is because how dare I, you know, stand up on a stage in pink and crazy nails and calling myself air quotes, the queen of confidence and, you know, inviting women and inviting people in the audience into more confidence when I look so confident and so amazing. And so I, I had to tell, I had to be like, listen, <laughs> let me let you in to what's actually happening. And through doing that, every time I tell my story now, I'm re- I'm like, is that my life? I feel so, I feel so disconnected. I'm not like, I'm like, wow, that's a lot lady. Like, oh my gosh. You know, like it feels, it couldn't be more different. It's wild. So, yeah, 
<laughs> it's trippy. Like you've, you've got a background in modeling and maybe confidence comes from there. You've got a background in like, you know, there was hairstyling and there's Military. like the army and now you're yeah. in like psychology. And I'm just like, what is such a Gemini? Yeah, and there's this... <laughs> is Gemini Please. the one with the scales on either side? Is no, that no. The one? That Gemini is like Gemini. The faces that's like Libra. Just Sorry, that's Libra. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yep. 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 Just like the actor, the performer, the I'm happy now. I'm sad now. I'm a chameleon. And I'm, I'm so, I hate the boxes of like, you're a Gemini. So that means this, or your human design is this. But I will say that I'm definitely a fully fledged, flavorsome Gemini that loves all the things all at once, all different. I mean, <laughs> so hectic so I, I think i've had so many uh, let's get into it I, I grew up in america i grew up in in boston um to a single mother my dad left when i was two years old and so i got to see my mom and she although it's been a difficult ride with her she was my hero she was this 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 i don't know this like superwoman who raised me on her own who did the best she could now that i'm a mother i know how hard it is yeah like it's it's very and i have an amazing incredible partner but it is a difficult, it is a difficult job. And still job. hard. And it's still it's hard. So and hard. someone doing like, it on their own. Like, I third, just... third person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. it's yeah. hard. So, you, you know, she did that and, you know, she really encouraged me. But I think having her be the one who raised me and live alone with her, she struggled with bipolar disorder, mental illness. And so from two weeks old until I was 16, I was put into foster care and my mom would go to mental hospitals. And so that was this journey of that abandonment feeling that you're not chosen, that um, you're not good enough to stay. My dad leaving, you know, you're not good enough to stay for something must be wrong with me. So I feel like it was threaded inside of my life. This idea that you're not enough as you are, you are flawed and there's something wrong. And that was just my, my foundation, my baseline. And so in the mix of all of that, it, you know, uh, the foster care system, I was sexually abused. I ha I was physically abused by my mother who, although she didn't mean it, she beat me a lot. And it was an interesting experience to love someone so much because children are so loving and then have that be the person who also makes you bleed, you know? And it was a crazy, yeah, very hectic dynamic and positions that she put me in because of her lack of confidence that I now see with so much empathy, she put me in relationships that with men that were not great and abused me sexually. And it was her lack of confidence bringing those in. And so there was this very, um, ch this very challenging childhood that just had me having to defend myself and fight for my worthiness and fight for my acceptance and I was very aggressive as a kid. I didn't I didn't shrink. I think there's a few things people do. They either shrink inward and kind of try to disappear or we we fight our way out. And I say thankfully because anger, you know, has has energy. And so it, it moves you into action. And so I was a very angry child that was trying to really just protect myself. And so that was kind of the baseline of Erica Kramer, Erica Sepulveda, who I used to be my my maiden name. Um, yeah, and I, and it was it was pretty hectic. It's interesting as you're sharing. I'm having this visceral realization just of potentially, and this is completely a conjecture, the spiritual strengths that children really have, because here are the people that are meant to be their like number ones. 
um, in terms of like, this is my entire pillar of life support, literally. And yet, you know, they can do such challenging things um, to them. And yet the kids continue to come back with love and just more love and more love. You know, like I think we have that dogs are loyal and wow, that sounds really rude when I'm saying it out loud. I hear you. So I should think before I speak, but you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, dogs, yeah. they, they love you unconditionally and kids, yeah. you know, similar, you know, and they, and they learn. And this is really interesting. When you start getting into psychology, just how much they twist and contort themselves in and around yeah. into these knots to just receive love. Um, and ultimately, yeah, just to be able to receive attention, which, you know, really is at the crux of so much of our self-worth stuff. Yes. Yeah. That acknowledgement, that that desire to be validated, to be seen, to be accepted, to be enough, you know, and, and dad leaving so early. Um, it was funny. This was something I realized maybe a year and a half ago. I studied with Gabor Mate and it's a 12 month training. Oh, he's just amazing. He's, and, oh, he's like he's not from this world. I mean, <laughs> the way he takes like, things on and then doesn't take them on sorry i'm totally interjecting you were talking i, know. I love it sure no we, gemini loves this okay we love this <laughs> um and i'm just like i'm just going to sleep my kids were in my bed and my husband's on the other side and i'm just crying and he's like are you okay babe i'm like yeah i'm just realizing that i'm just holding space for myself as i'm like i'm doing this training with him and i'm realizing all of this stuff and i'm like is everything i do so that I could prove that I was worthy enough to stay for like, fuck, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind. Right. And I'm, and I don't know. It's a question mark. Is that why I am on this mission? Who knows? I'm on the mission. And so I think that these desires to be seen, obviously it created an adolescence of a young girl who wanted to be validated. And we see this in our world now as grown women, as grown men, as grown people, walking around with our Gucci bags and our flashy name brands and being half naked or whatever it is that we do, please see me, please validate me, please tell me I am enough. I am dying for you to see me. Like, and that's how I was. I think that's what got me into the modeling and like, you know, spoiler alert, I still didn't feel seen. I, I was the least, the most least confident in my life when I was in music videos and on covers of magazines looking fantastic and feeling internally um, damaged. Um, and so, yeah, I think when I was 16 years old, I decided that I was going to leave. I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be in this town. I, I had this weird realization when I was 12 years old, I'm right outside. My mom got sick. She left me. She went on a plane with no luggage and left me for two months. I was 12 years old and I came home. She wasn't there for two months. She was gone. And I stayed with a friend and I remember being outside being like, this is, like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm 12 now. I, I probably felt like I was 30 years old when I was 12 because I had done so much and paid bills. And I was just a little grown-up. The amount of like, responsibility on your shoulders yeah. when you're navigating life on your own. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wild. Whoa. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, can I come off this? Like, I, I, you know, I wasn't suicidal or anything, but I was like, I don't want to do this. And so I felt that my environment, my area where I was, that part of the world, I don't want to be here. I was like, I'm out. And so subconsciously, I didn't know, but I chose the military as my ticket out. They were paying for college. I sucked at school. Clearly, I had a really rough time in, at school and trying to learn. And I was like, yep, I'm going to the army. And so 
they would pay four years of college. They came to my uh, cafeteria in America. We have like cafeterias and they came uh, and I was like, I'm going and signed up for the military. Didn't think about this, but subconsciously, I really believe that I was looking for some kind of systemizing, some kind of scheduling and rigidity that I was missing in my childhood. And so that was a whole journey. I was in the army for 10 years and I can't even believe it because I would never do that again. <laughs> it's not my children to make no offense, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you see a lot when you're in the United States Army. Let's put it that way. So I did that, married my high school sweetheart. He went to the Marine Corps and this was right when 9-11 happened. So I was in boot camp for a month doing my thing, getting yelled at by drill sergeants and the towers were hit. They put us in a room and we were all like, wait, what? Like, is this a joke? Like in that time when we joined the military, we just joined for college and now we're at war. Like our, our generation, we didn't know war. I'm an 83 baby. We didn't know nothing about war. And so to be in the middle of your boot camp training and the towers get hit, it was another, it was like another boot camp. Like that rest of the time was so crazy to be in that experience. I will say um, when that war in Iraq happened. So um, I tried to escape. I tried to escape my life. I moved away with my with my boyfriend, my high school sweetheart, and we got married in secret. And unfortunately, uh, when he came back from Iraq, we got into a really terrible drink driving accident. Again, we were both kids who had lost our fathers. They left us when we were young, traumatized, and just turned to alcohol and had these these issues where we numb out. And maybe if you're listening to this or watching this, you resonate with numbing out, whether it's with Instagram or scrolling, or maybe it's TikTok or Tinder or porn or alcoholism, drinking, right? In, in Australia, there's a massive drinking culture. And we were numbing. We were looking for relief. And we ended up crashing. I broke my back in this horrible car accident where I had to learn how to walk again. I was handicapped for 30 days in a walker for three months as a 22 year old young woman it was really shocking um and I thought it was my wake-up call and then the following year unfortunately my husband died uh in an accident on his own and that was like okay this is is this a joke like I'm done that was my moment really Emirate, where I was like TKO you know trauma overload I'm finished I genuinely felt like one of those people with a you know, the cartoons with the storm that follows you around the cloud and just electrocutes you and rains on you. And I felt like I had that thing my whole life. And then when Gio died, I was just like, that's it. Like, what am I going to do with this? And I had never had anyone die in my life. So for my husband, who I was with for seven years to die, like instant, it was just like TKO. I just felt like it was wild. Your father left. Mm. Your mother had her challenges. Yeah. Wing it nicely. Yeah. And then your partner died. Yeah. Comes back to where I started the conversation. How the fuck are you the queen of confidence? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I hate to sort of butt in and no, make man, light of, but like, seriously. Yeah. Hot mess express, my friend. That's what I put my husband. I'm like, how the hell did you stay with me? Because I, when I came Also, here, you said we weren't going to rhyme. Also, sorry to butt in again. You said we See? weren't going to rhyme. Exactly. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Maybe sorry. Going hard to be a little bit. Being inappropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. No, Please I mean, continue. How? 
yeah, we man. have to do this. It can't be heavy. Like, here's the thing. When you realize, like, I remember being in New Zealand once, uh, 2020, before the pandemic happened, on the floor in a hotel, crying, thanking every single horrible abuser and difficult situation. I was on the in the shower, sobbing, Emirate, on the floor, like, oh, my God. Like, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, spirit. Thank you. Holy shit. Wow. Thanking the horrible atrocities and difficulties and abuse that happened to me. Am I glad it happened? Of course not. Not twisted, but so grateful that I was able to be faced with that and that my spirit and my soul and who I am in this planet was equipped and strong enough to be able to overcome it because today who I am, I'm only here this way. And can only speak about it this way and have created what I've created because of all of that horrible shit. And so I love to make light as well because life is also, like right now while shit is heavy, you also have joy, right? There's also someone right now falling in love. And someone right now is worried about cramming an exam. And someone right now unfortunately is dying. And someone, I mean, this is the duality in every moment. So um I, I love to, I go, how the hell am I here? I should be homeless in the streets of Boston, addicted to drugs or pregnant to different men. And no offense if anybody got a bunch of baby daddies, right? But like, that was, that was what my, I honestly thought I would have three or four baby daddies and be on welfare. If you asked me, this girl is, that's her life. Hell no. Thank goodness. That wasn't it. Your personal trainer became your yeah. now partner kind of saved your trajectory in many ways don't you? he's literally amazing yep yeah tell us about how important yep. it is to have you know from someone that potentially is aching for, like literally aching from like positive connections yeah it's one positive connection such a ray of sunshine in your world can you tell us a little mm. bit about yeah well yeah. i think women uh if you're listening to this and you love the bad boy or you struggle and you have maybe a father wound like myself I would never go to the good guy. I actually, and, I, and I've apologized to my husband and I continue to every time I mention this, but he was so sweet and gentle and soft and had done his work and was doing his work and was into meditation and breath work and just was into doing the development of self that he needed to do. And this man didn't come from a traumatic background, but he still was working on himself like he had something to prove to himself. And so when I met Hamish, he was my personal trainer and I was the inappropriate American client. Let's just go ahead and say it. Yes. Wasn't him. We all know it was me. <laughs> we um, all know. It was me. I was inappropriate just for the record. He can save his uh, professionalism. Professional so, reputation. Yeah. Literally I had my nail technician and my personal trainer were my only friends in Melbourne. So I came to Australia, met this man in Vegas as you do. And he was not a nice man, very narcissistic person that I attracted, by the way. Then I met another man in Melbourne. He lived in Melbourne and he was a, a same guy, same shit, different face, completely the same. And I'm like, hmm, two of the same, but they look different. So when we start to pay attention that we are the ones that are attracting these situations. And if we take responsibility, as Wayne Dyer says, your ability to respond, you can go, oh, the common... You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the common denominator. And so I had to look in the mirror. I had met Hamish, and he was just my friend at the time. And he was talking about personal development and work. And he gently 
gently offered work. He didn't shove it down my face. He didn't say, you need to work on yourself. You're a hot mess, even though he probably should have. You know, he gently was like, hey, I know this coach and this might be good for you. And so when I met Hamish, I was able to see what it felt like to be seen and not be judged. Every other relationship I had, I was coming from a place of lack. I was looking to be validated. I was attracting these toxic people. And I don't care who you are. I know you know when you see an orange flag, how fast it can turn red. I know we all know this. However, we, we pretend for all the fears and the limiting beliefs that are in our minds. No, no, I can change this person. The potential is a killer, my friend. So Hamish was a friend at the time. I could see that what he was doing. And I just decided this is me. I have to get good with myself. And so when he introduced me and said, this is some work that you can do, I genuinely didn't know what the work was. I think people that grow up in marginalized communities or in the hood or when you're poor and you genuinely don't have the into intellect. I wasn't an academic. I didn't have role models. I didn't have, you know, great parents to teach me. I was a chick from the hood on food stamps in the ghetto with drug dealers and all this other stuff. So I really didn't have a chance to escape that until I figured out that I was in Australia and this person introduced me. And thankfully, I do say Hamish was the one who really saved me because he put up with a lot and he saw my desire to change and I started changing, and that's why he stayed. It wasn't, I want to change, but I keep doing the same thing. That's not wanting to change. That's saying the right thing, but keeping on doing the actions that keep us in stuck areas. And so, yeah, it was through him that I was able to, eight years I worked on myself, eight years. I invested a lot of money on credit cards. I didn't have any money, and I just went into debt for it. And I'm so happy I would do it again. The hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Neuroses, dialing back into what you were sharing, it seems to be more than just you. You are definitely, I don't want to say an extreme example, but it does feel quite heavy what you've gone through right um but there is a collective neuroses it seems around attention and i say this because this year elon musk was the richest man in the world last year and this year he got overtaken by bernard arnaud um for those that know he's the guy behind louis vuitton and all the luxury brands. And I've really thought about luxury for a minute and prestige because some part of me is attracted to nice things. And I've often just contemplated some of the people that I coach because a lot of them actually have nice things as leaders and they've achieved what is called success, but lack fulfillment Two very different paths. They sound similar when you sort of say success and fulfillment. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, they're the same thing. Actually they're, couldn't be further apart in many ways. Um, when you're coaching people, you start to realize that there's a massive difference but to, to 
honed back in, started to recognize that actually luxury and well prestige in particular is kind of what these luxury brands espouse right and prestige when I started to contemplate this I realized it doesn't actually live anywhere else but in other people's mind like prestige is not something I can go to the bank and get a mortgage on Um, I can borrow against prestige is not something that will feed my family prestige is not something that will make my dog happy Um, prestige is not something that will actually bring me happiness Um, it literally is just a thing that if I have prestige it lives in your head um, about me and it's so in need of a better word ethereal wispy intangible non not real a construct and yet to recognize that this person is the richest man in the world leveraging prestige highlights to me that potentially there's a collective neuroses around attention. Like I'm still not convinced that a $400 handbag is the same as, you know, any different to what, you know, maybe an $80 handbag here in Australia could get you right. Um, in terms of materials nice. and production, it's just the 4,000 <laughs> or like 8,000 for a handbag. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm Indian. I like to roll on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite comedians, Russell Peters, he goes, they they said cheap, but what they actually meant was smart. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, and feeling into just how, like we were alluding to before, just the, like the twisted nature of how we end up as little kids. You know, the Jesuits said it, show me the kid before the age of seven and I'll show you the man or the woman. And it's, you know, it's, yeah, you end up looking at, oh, for attention, we've contorted ourselves in such ways and we're playing these neuroses out. Um, There's so much in there around attention. Tell me about, like, all of that feels like shit a little bit, you know, because you can feel the hollowness of it, yet you participate in it anyway. Your book's called Confidence Feels Like Shit, which is really an ironic sort of title because I find so many people going, like, espousing confidence as a silver bullet that they're chasing after, almost like hoping, like, it feels like happiness. Like, I want to be more confident. I want to be happy. So you say confidence feels like shit. So what's going on in there? Can you unpack a little bit around confidence, attention-seeking, like the attention pieces? What is really, like, at the heart of it? And all this stuff that is meant to make us happy, but potentially doesn't. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, definitely. So I think that the reason why when I first had met Hamish and he was so sweet and so gentle and so soft that I didn't go directly to towards him is because I was used to being treated like shit. So when we are treated like shit as children, when we're yelled at, when we're screamed at, when we're physically abused, when we're given away, when we're abandoned, what do we learn? We learn to abandon ourselves. And so when someone comes and goes, hi, I love you. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Nothing's wrong with you. I'm here to support you and hold you and love you. You're just like, what the hell's your problem? You're a weirdo. Something's, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Like I genuinely called my husband the P-U-S-S-Y word, which is not a nice word. I was like, you're soft. Like, God, if that doesn't, I have two boys. I can't even talk about it because I'll start crying. The worst thing we could say, be a man. He's Sri Lankan. So they got the same, like, be a man. Men don't cry. His dad's very masculine. And I'm Latina. So machismo, like the machismo thing is is real. And so I knew, yeah, I knew that being treated like shit was great. That's, I know that. I don't know what it's like to be held and and loved. And I don't need to do anything for that love. I'm just loved. And so 
when he showed me that, and that was my color pink with black, when he showed me that, and he was the example of of beautiful feminine energy. My husband is like, is in his feminine. You are as well in a beautiful way. And I was like a chick from the hood. Like you're in your feminine. What does that mean? You know? And he's just like, that's the Cardi, right? He was just like, Oh lady, we need to do some work. Like we're going to be together. We have to have conversations. And so I, I share that because I think that if you're listening to this and you're resonating or you've attracted bad boys, you too, my friend may be missing that, that example of what true love and support is. And that's why we end up in toxic relationships. That's why we end up ha dressing half naked, partying, um, seeking this, doing TikToks just to get likes and views. And we're just like, please see me. I love the Kardashians because I do think that there is merit and smart and intelligence and their mother's intelligent. And I don't like to talk shit about anyone I don't know. I don't know where they're from or what their thing is. But what I do see is a lack of confidence. I see a please see me, please validate me, please like me, please comment on me, please buy my stuff, tell me I'm enough. You don't act in that way unless you are a cry for love, right? It's like a call for love. That's what that is. And so it's unfortunate that the youth and the TikToks and all the shit that's happening, that's where we're going, this seeking and needing of validation. Um, and so... I wanted to, in the book, talk about what confidence really is. And it's going to be a TED Talk one day because if they let me swear, confidence feels like crap. Can we say that? Anyway, uh, it's a bit corny, but we can do it, I guess. You know, it's, I wanted to say the full title is Confidence Feels Like Shit, The Truth About Confidence and What It Really Takes to Create It and Really Is Capitalized. The truth is confidence is hard. Showing up, standing up, speaking up, getting on stage, saying what you feel, being seen as you are. Holy shit. Good luck, my friend. You're going to get criticized. Someone's going to talk about you. You're going to be going the other way when people are going that right way. Uh, you're going to be misunderstood. Your family's going to think you've lost your marbles. You quit your job. What's wrong with you? Starting a podcast. What is this? Like, you're literally going against the grain. You are overcoming emotions like self-doubt, uh, confusion, <laughs> feeling not good enough, questioning yourself, feeling lonely. That, my friend, is what you can look forward to when you want to create confidence. You want to be more confident? Fantastic. Are you willing to deal with all of those nasty negative emotions that are on their way to you? Because that's truly what creating confidence feels like. Nobody sees uh, the behind the scenes process uh, of doing a TED Talk. We see Brene Brown on the red rug, just killing it. You don't see how sweaty her armpits are. You don't know that she did a spiritual poo before she got on stage. You don't know that her mouth was so dry so dry that she could have cracked her lips. You know that, how that is when you go to speak and your mouth just all of a sudden the saliva is gone and you're like, okay, I think I need saliva to do this talk. <laughs> you know? To articulate just, something. I just, I just don't want to seem so dry, you know? And so these are the things people don't see. And they think if only I was more confident, then I, you know, the when I, then I fallacy and I wanted to expose it in this book. And that's what I wanted to talk about because it feels horrible. It is so hard. And I give it up to anyone who gets on a stage or does scary shit. Like I'm scared 99.8% of the time, Emirate. I'm scared most of the time. And I feel like nervous most of the time. I'm living my life on the edge of nerves because I want to live. I want to experience what it is to be alive 
And so most of the time I'm in these scary situations and I really wanted to give a behind the scenes of what that's like, because then you won't criticize that woman or that man or that person. You'll, you'll empathize and go, Oh my gosh, me too. We're in the arena together, getting punched in the face by life. That's what it is. I'm so glad you shared your definition of confidence because for me, what you're describing as confidence, I personally define as authenticity. And I can see that you're building the sort of bridge for your authentic self to show up. And that's what you're calling confidence. I'm going to get a bit vulnerable here and just share for me, I actually don't believe in confidence. Oh my God, I'm saying that. Oh, that's okay. Like confidence. No, <laughs> okay, so I'll. Yeah let, let, yeah, let me unpack that for you because yeah. my, all my life, well, not all my life, all my recent adult life, since the podcast has started, let's go there, touch wood, in my personal development, um, externally supporting others. One of the consistent bits of feedback that I get given is Amrit, so confident. Amrit, really confident. Um, touch wood, one of the things that, you know, I do sort of associate myself but enthusiasm is my favorite word yeah in love the english language it just yeah. is yeah Same. it means to infuse spirit into stuff i can nerd out on the etymology of it with you forever um yeah. but enthusiasm is just i love it and i think people sort of mistake enthusiasm for confidence when they tune into my touch wood right this sounds very egotistical as i'm talking about myself but Talk the example yourself, helps man. because <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I found is there are certain, like there are certain meetings where I go and, you know, but people have asked me to come on the board and advise and I'll be sitting there and I have nothing to say because it's the first time I'm in that meeting. I'm just sitting there and I'm just absorbing. I'm just taking in information. And to the end, like towards the end of the meeting, people have turned around to me and just been like, this has happened. And I remember this gone great use you were because I didn't say anything the entire meeting right and I was like oh well, that's kind of rude I chose not to say anything to that either <laughs> and just sort of went you know what all right that's okay not sure what to where to place that and left and afterwards had this sort of contemplation around you know I didn't really come across as what and this is sort of my what my definition and we've just highlighting the difference between your definition and my definition my definition of confidence was because I didn't really come across as confidence, confident in that situation. And that's where I started to sit with the idea of confidence for a minute and said, you know what, what is confidence to me? And it feels like, pardon me for this, a bunch of hot air because, and I gave up on confidence entirely and said, you know what, in certain situations, I come across as confident. In other situations, I don't come across as confident. The world thinks Amrit's really confident. They label me as being confident as something that I really have. But what do I really have in both situations that means I show up one way or the other? And what I started to realize, and maybe this is a bias because I'm a coach and everything we do is around clarity, is oh, in situations where I'm clear, I appear confident. And in situations where I'm unclear, I appear unconfident. So really what it is for me was like clarity. I either have clarity or I don't. And I completely threw the bathwater out with the baby on confidence. I was like, confidence is a smoke screen. It is full of shit. I'm just, I'm not buying into it. I've completely debunked confidence as a thing I love it. for me. So it's really nice yeah. to hear your definition. Well, I didn't give you a definition. I didn't go give you with a it. Yeah, please. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's, that's what... 
I didn't give you a definition. So to me, the definition that I love of confidence is the Latin, mm. original Latin word, right? Which confianza is trust. So for me, everyone is confident. Everyone can access confidence because confidence is trusting yourself. Do you have trust in yourself? That's all it is. Confidence isn't a pink hat, cheetah print heels, red lipstick, talking fast, introverted, extroverted. That's not confidence. That is not what that is. Confidence is, do you trust yourself? Meaning I'm going to get on stage and possibly bomb, but I trust that I will figure it out. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but do I trust that 99% of the time I usually will work it out? You're still alive, my friend. Yes, you've won already. So when I look at confidence, I look at do you trust yourself? And if you don't, every single day, make yourself one little promise so that you can build self-trust, which means you're building your confidence, which means you can do whatever the hell you put your mind to. Even if you mess it up, you learned something for the next time. So that's what, to me, confidence is, my definition. I love that. Wow. So you trust yourself. You are totally reworking my mind right now. The... I can see how self-trust is an entire dojo of work um, and you can totally, you know, spend your life at that altar. But for a quick sec, I'm just going to indulge um, what's coming through for me to ask a question about, which is you can zoom that out to quite a spiritual level. It's like, can you trust the universe? Because that's something I do for my limiting belief work for myself is I often ask myself, do I trust the universe? And sometimes the answer can be no. And I'm like, why wouldn't I trust the universe? Like I'm here, I've got a home. Like, like touch wood, the present moment is so abundant right now. Why would you not trust the universe? Everything has brought you here via the universe and you don't trust it? Like, and it's like, okay, limiting beliefs. I've got work to do. <laughs> let's do some patching, right? Um, let's do some healing. So yeah, you are blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm not sure what well, to ask. No, well, this is well, this is the thing, right? If if the me and Hamish always say this, my husband, we're always like the universe is always like the universe loves you and it wants you to win. It it loves you and it wants you to win and it knows what you're trying to do. And my mistrust of the universe, it, when I check in, it's my lack of patience. And when I go, if you're impatient, there must be a belief. There's no belief that the thing you want is going to come true. Because if you fully believe, if you fully trust, you're like, it'll come when it comes. You know, Joe Dispenza shit. Like, I don't know the how, but I know it's coming. I don't need the steps. I don't need to know when, what time, and where should I be standing for me to get my blessing, right? It's like, just trust that what you're doing right now, every single day, the steps you take and the things you do is leading you towards thing that you desire. But anytime I start to go, oh, but is it going to happen? And is it happening fast enough? It's me questioning the universe. That's how I think about it. And it's me going, hold on, universe. I know you've always had my back and I know you've always carried me through all that crazy shit that I lived. And I'm really grateful. But anyway, can we just talk about how slow you like, when is this coming? Like, can you, are you sure? And I start to question and then internally I start to question and then I externally showcase questioning, lack of, uh, and then the universe goes match and then I get more lack of. And I think every time I question the universe, it, it goes, you have to wait a little bit longer. That's your penalty. And I'm like, oh, so then I'm like, okay, I'm patient. <laughs> 
it's like this dance with the universe of impatience and time. And then my thing that I desire takes longer. And I think it wouldn't take as long if I would just trust, surrender, surrender. It's so hard to surrender. Let it go and then keep doing what I do. And then the minute I forget, I'm like, oh, here's this amazing blessing. So it, listen, I haven't worked that out. That's a whole journey. But I think that it is a journey, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it is. But I guess the book, I wanted to write the book because I wanted people to know that confident people, people that are perceived as confident are really just a bunch of people that are scared as hell, scared as hell, doing spiritual poos every five minutes in the arena of life going, holy shit, who knows what's going to happen next? I don't know. People think we're cool, but we don't know what the hell we're doing here, Amrit. What if this bombs? I don't know. We're going to run with it. But we're there. We're on the front seat. We're on the edge. We're like, let's go. And everyone else is like eating popcorn going, I don't know if I should do that. And in this country, I will say the self-doubt is a privilege. The fact that you don't have to put yourself out there. The fact that you don't have to quit your job that you hate because you're getting paid and you have money. This self-doubt questioning, because we can. We're so comfortable in Australia. It's like, what if you had to be pushed to the edge? You had to. And some of us need that near-death experience, person to get cancer, you break your back in an accident, God forbid someone dies, whoosh, flash water in your face, cold water, wake-up call. It's so dramatic, but unfortunately many people need that. And so my work and what I share is about don't wait for your whole life to break into a million pieces for you to wake up and do the thing that you want to do and be who you want to be. Gives a shit about what people think about you. We're all dying. It's definitely going to happen. <laughs> people will forget about you, right? I mean, let's live. And so, yeah, that, that's really why I wanted to speak on that and why I do the work that I do now. It's not because I'm so confident. I'm scared all the time. But I know that it's something I can access because I do trust myself and I build that every day. I want to ask you about that because I'm a big part of my coaching is also geared towards people not having to hit rock bottom to transform. And But I struggled with six years of depression and I know that that rock bottom was instrumental in my evolution um touch wood and i've learned to build a relationship with it right and you know at the risk of oversharing on your behalf you know there were moments where you were digging around in your car seats looking to buy a loaf of bread and you know now you're this successful businesswoman <laughs> right in your own right and you know it's i just do wonder like you know, because a lot of we're talking about trust, but also like authenticity before as well. And it just feels like you have that in your body a little bit better when you've gone through the actual visceral challenge um, to sort of rebound back out of your thoughts on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, how do we build resilience without difficulty? I want to be more resilient. It's like, okay. Okay, are you ready for the punch in the guts that life is about to give you? Yeah, I'm ready, but I don't want that punch. Can I get like a little nudge in the guts? No, no, it's going to kick you. It's going to kick you and punch you and then throw you across the floor. Is that all right with you? You're going to be super resilient. Oh, I don't know. Uh, No, like that's not how it works, right? Like we don't get to do a little bit and play it safe. And so in 2018, when that time came, I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk and he wasn't as compassionate and empathy back then. He was really like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I was just hustle, like, wow. hustle, and yeah, hustle. Can tired. you play, layer your hustle sandwich with some hustle yes. and then some more hustle. drizzle some hustle on no. top? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, he was looking tired, right? He was just like, no sleep, let's go, you know? And and I, my, you know, lack of feminine side was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. And I needed that person to give me that because I was at a corporate job 
getting very comfortable in this country, forgot where I came from and the fire that I had inside. And it kind of died down. I had kids and just like, yeah, I'm doing all right. And there was a knock. And this knock has been knocking since I was seven years old. Just a knock of, hey, I want to do this. Hey, purpose. Hey, don't forget to look over there. Hey, this is what you came here for. And the knock was there. And I just kept pushing the knock down, pushing the knock down, pretending I didn't hear it. And in 2018, it was like, like thumping at my door. And I was like, okay, I am going to have to make a choice here. I'm going to have to pretend that my purpose and the thing that I want to go and do doesn't exist and isn't real and smother it down, which many of us are doing and living incongruently and pretending, or I'm going to have to listen to this knock. And at that time, I had had my second baby at home. I had a beautiful home birth. Prior to that, it was a hectic, cesarean, crazy, just horrible traumatic birth that I did not plan for, was not on the brochure, but that's what I got. And so that was an experience in itself. And my husband said to me, "When when you had Nava, like Nava came out and I got him out of my body and I held that child and it was a meditation. The whole birth was my eyes closed, like a cow, moo, meditation. That's what it was. And he said, I don't know what happened, but this other part of you birthed. And I think I'm a pretty strong woman. And he was like, it was like power. He was like, I, I don't even know. And it was in, after that birth that I said, I'm not going back to my job at L'Oreal. Love you, L'Oreal, but I'm not doing that. I'm going to start my coaching business. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to do this. And we had no, like, <laughs> It was the worst time. You know, when's the perfect time, Emirate, to uh, sign up to coach with you? Um, don't wait till your life crumbles. Like, when's the perfect time to have children? Ugh, stupid question. Right? Like, when is the perfect time? There was no perfect time. So here comes this, whiz, this shower wisdom download as I'm in the shower, kid-free, and all the stuff for me comes in the shower. And I'm in there, and it's like, you need to do this. Like, it is now. I'm knocking. I'm about to come out of your mouth. Like, Let's go. And so I ran down the stairs, soaking wet. I said to Hamish, I'm going to start my business. I'm not going back to my job. We just had a second baby. We bought a Tiguan. His gym was not doing well financially. So we were not in a good place. But I just knew it was like the knock was there and I had to answer the door. And so financially horrible. Like we were 150K in debt from all the eight years of personal development and retreats and things that we put on credit cards that was air quotes irresponsible. What's responsible? I'm sorry. Healing my traumatic ass life so that I could level my mind up so that I could think greater than my environment and I could be a better person so that I could be a great mother, a great human on the planet in society and be able to create what I have now. So yeah, I would do that again. And I recommend if you are listening to this and you don't have money, find a way because you will buy the Taylor Swift tickets. You found a way to do that, didn't you? $1,500 tickets for Taylor Swift went off like this on people that didn't have money. So I found the money. We did the thing. I said to my husband, I'm rocking this out. I said to him, actually, I'm American, so don't worry. I got this. And he was like, okay, okay, babe. I just had to say, like, don't forget I'm American. I know how to do this. Like, I'm a grit and I'm a hustle and we're doing this. And within 11 months, we made 160K in the business. The next year, half a million dollars and then so on and so forth. And I don't say that to impress, but to say I was not an educated woman. I came from food stamps. I had the most craziest story. There's every reason for me not to try. However, doing the work on myself, the work that you do with your clients, Emma, and the coaching, to be able to think that I could be a greater person and then to listen to the call, which was my purpose always all along, and do the scary shit 
put it out there continuously, consistently to be able to create what you have now. Of course, it's going to be hard. Like who didn't sign up for hard? Welcome to planet Earth. Right? This is it. I don't even know if I answered your question. Sorry. You totally <laughs> did. Erica, the, we've been talking about trust in the universe, trusting our life path, trust on a really big level when it comes to confidence. And I adore your definition of confidence. It is um, going to take some time after this episode to see if I can reconcile my previous um, <laughs> thing about confidence being a smokescreen. <laughs> now clarity's at the heart of it. And you've got some serious journaling to do. But the trust piece is huge. Now, the audience listening in, you, I can see why you're an inspirational speaker. Your story is beyond inspiring. Practical tips. How do we start to grow confidence in our life? How do we actually learn to trust? How do we do the work? Um, yeah, can you please give us some takeaways that are super practical in the day-to-day -day micro level? I want to get super 100%. like micro rather than macro. Yeah. Level. I mean, I mean, one of the biggest things that we don't realize is how we speak, the words that come out of our mouth. Right. And a lot of the women that I speak to are just like, I have identified myself as a not confident, uh, introverted, shy, whatever person. And so I, I just want you to take stock right now. And for the next week, for the next seven days, see if you can be the observer of your mouth. See if you can put your eyes on your mouth. See if you can just hear yourself. If your eyes had ears and you could just listen and pay attention to the words that you speak out of your mouth. What are you saying about yourself? That's number one. Get a little uh, journal, even if at the red light on a Kmart receipt. Oh, I said that. Oh, interesting. Don't judge yourself, but start to pay attention to the words coming out of your mouth about yourself. Many of us call ourselves stupid, idiots. I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm just shy. Oh, yeah, I've just always been like that. Yeah, my mom said I wasn't really smart, so blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not the loud one. Oh, I'm never going to be confident. I'm just not confident. Fantastic catch what you are saying. So number one is watch what you say. And secondary to that, you will never create the thing that you say you can't be. Even if Oprah was on the other side or Tony Robbins or whoever, you went to however many date with destinies to rewire your mind. If you yourself are saying, I'm not a confident person, fantastic. That's it. End of story. Close the book. So I think that's the first thing we have to really catch how we speak about ourselves and how we are identifying. Um, I'm sure you know this man, Atomic Habits, amazing book. And he says, right, like, what's your identity? What is your, we have this identity that's like, no, I am an academic. Okay, well, how do you have fun? I am a nice person. How are you going to be at divorce court? Is the nice person going to show up? No, you got to get the fiery part of you. And so the identity is such a massive part of you stepping into being a more confident, outspoken, whatever version of yourself that you want to be. So that's the, the first real practical thing I would say. The second thing is people that believe in themselves and that have self-belief, self-confidence, high self-worth, right? They keep promises to themselves. And so one tiny thing that you could do just today is what's one thing I can do to build trust with me? If I say I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow at 7 a.m., I'm going to go. Even if you walk into the gym and don't do much, but you said you'd go to the gym, please don't underestimate how huge this is. I know you know this as well. Like you saying what you're going to do and then doing it 
builds self-trust, builds self-confidence. I keep my word, what I say I'm going to do. Anything, my friend, any small, it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? So that's the second tangible thing I would say is make yourself a promise that you're going to do something and then follow through one thing a day. Don't be doing 17 things a day, especially if you've done zero, okay? Because that's setting you up to fail. Do the one thing. Um, Yeah, it's right. It's like, I'm going to get up and do this thing. And then you don't do it. And then you know what happens? Subconsciously, your mind goes, yeah, because you never do that. And then you start labeling yourself as a failure. Exactly. And I hate that word. Yeah. And I hate that word. I really, I don't care how many leadership conferences you go to and how cute you want to make the word like fail faster, fail forward. Like, oh yeah. I I just, I don't like the word because I'm big on wording. And when I say I failed, therefore I am a failure. Doesn't make me want to go again. Doesn't make me want to go, all right, I'm a failure. Let's go again. But I go, I learned that that sucked. And I learned that the guy I came to Australia for was not a nice man. And then I learned the other man wasn't a nice man. Okay, I learned a lot about myself. I'm learning. Learning is exciting, right? So think about the words that you use. Um, the, the third thing that I would say is choices. We, we need to be making decisions, my friend. There are so many things that we put off and we don't do. And we think that if we just don't look at it, and we just don't quit our job that we hate like you did six years ago, if we just don't uh, pay attention to how unhappy we are in our marriage, it's going to magically go away. And we can distract ourselves, especially today in this world of phones and, oh my gosh, notifications and the dopamine situation that we got going on. So confident people and people that are wanting to build more confidence make decisions. They make choices that are not easy. Uh, the big ones as well. And so look at what is a decision that you have put off? What's a choice that you know you need to make right now in your life that feels too big for you to do? Just just put it down on paper somewhere. I'm not saying take action on it straight away, but you know what you need to do and when you can get it out and have a look at it and go, wow, that that's something that I have to do, at least we can start making an action plan towards shifting and changing it. But if you don't look at the decisions you need to make and pretend to distract yourself with life, uh, nothing changes. You will never, you will never step into the change. It's such a big, it's such a big one. I want to use that as a bit of a leverage point um, to dive into the five C's of choice, courage, create, consider, yeah. continue. Um, but just before we do, I, I love the first one about witnessing your words and I'm really feeling the depth with which you're just conscious of, the words you choose and how you use them um, and just how much you're literally reprogramming yourself and your relationship with self through language. Um, mm. Yeah. And then the second, the second point you shared was, you know, I had this realization about self-esteem as well, which was it can be built so easily, you know, uh, it's like, I'm going to pick up this pen. I'm going to put it down. And whether you know it or not, it's like a grain of sand in the bank of like, I can trust that what I say I do. It sounds so stupid. It's like, I'm a stand up and I'm a sit down, you know, and you're literally just doing what you say and your physiology speaks to your your psychology and you're building in the muscle and the relationships. And oftentimes 
Because I remember when I was on the entrepreneurial journey and starting, it's like, tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And tomorrow I'm going to get all six of those things done. And then I'd get one done and I'd be like, you fucking suck, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was like, opening on the point was like, but you did that one thing. And now I've got an amazing gratitude practice, touch wood. I'm grateful for my gratitude practice. I'm one of those guys. (laughs) Um, Good fellow. Yeah, so it oh, it changes everything. But the the yeah. point being that, yeah, it it you know just starting with the small things and enforcing the the what you say you do you'll do, um, and oh building gosh. that trust within yourself. Yes. And literally, it's you know it builds a spine within you. I feel it's like it is the definition of integrity. Um, I'm I'm sure there's someone out there that's doing a case study somewhere about just how you know it actually will your posture will change. You know, the whole Jordan Peterson stand-up store with your shoulders back and chest out. Like, I'm sure there probably is that ripple in there. So I just wanted to pepper those points in before I gave you permission to really just permission. I'm giving you permission. What the fuck? Um, The space. (laughs) Sorry, that's a better word. To share about, we touched on choice. Courage, create, consider, continue. However you want to sort of share that with us because there is a whole journey and a methodology in there which, um, yeah, has a lot to be spoken to. Yeah, so I guess like um, I want to just share that it's a very simple. Um, I always would be like, this is not brain surgery, some crazy methodology that we made up. It's it was me ten years working with women specifically around creating confidence. It was me researching the the most confident people that I could see that people would see as confident, you know, and going, what is it that they do? And after ten years of working with thousands of women from different countries on Uh, external confidence, physical confidence with the way that they move their bodies, and then working in the mindset and as a coach. And now in my therapy work, I'm just like, there are a set of steps that confident people air quotes take. And I stopped moving from confidence being you're confident or you're not. In my head, that's what I first started with to it's a practice like yoga, like meditation. Meditation and confidence is a very good um, analogy together because my husband loves, uh, he does shamanic work, he loves meditation. And he was working with a meditation teacher and he wanted to get to this place, this Zen place where he got this big aha, whatever, kundalini awakening situation. And one time in practice, he got to this amazing place. And as soon as he was like, oh my God, I'm in this amazing place, he was gone was completely gone and so he's like I need to get back there I need to get there but the needing to get was never going to make it happen and so you could be in your practice of confidence and when you're practicing confidence just like you'd be practicing meditation there's no final destination there's no arriving there's no getting to confidence town and now I am confident no because I'll be on stage and then my high heel breaks and I fall flat on my ass. There goes my confidence. It is gone. I'm now in embarrassment, right? I'm now turning red. I'm now like, fuck my, I'm like a survival mode. I want to get out of there. I'm sweating. So (laughs) when I talked about confidence and when we sat down with this process, we're like, so what is this really? It's a practice. And just like meditation, you go in and you come back out. And so we, we thought about the real five steps and they weren't C's. They were just steps. And then, of course, we tried to make them (laughs) marketable and remembering. So I'm like, oh, these will work work as C's. And so, as you said, it's choice. So confident people are making choices. 
Uh, it's about the decisions and it's the big ones. I'm not telling you right now to make a choice. I'm saying identify and really acknowledge the fact that you want to leave your job and you've been fucking around with that for six years. Knowing that you don't want to do it and not doing it. How are you meant to be in the practice without actually deciding to do that? Um, the second one is courage. And my definition in the book of courage is your ability to take action while you're simultaneously shitting yourself. So <laughs> that's my definition of courage is I am scared as hell and I'm in the dark and I might step on a spider or on a block and hit my head and fall over, but I'm going to move my feet. I'm not in the dark like fearless, hashtag fearless. I don't care how many t-shirts you have. Nobody's fucking fearless. I'm scared all the time. So conf uh, courage was about, are you scared? High five. Fantastic. Keep moving. You're supposed to be scared. That's how you're supposed to do it. Confidence feels That's like shit. Courage <laughs> exactly. This is horrible. You have spiritual poos and you're nervous and you're scared. Great job, my friend. And you're looking at me like, is this, is this the right thing? Because this is horrible. And I'm like, yeah, great. Keep going. Number three is create. And we didn't say action, obviously, because that's not a C, but also we kind of play with action. Obviously, we got to do shit. But sometimes, especially now, we're in this action, 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 do stuff, do stuff, do stuff. You could take 17 actions that get you nowhere. Sometimes you need to create a way through. There's no way through. Sometimes you need to create some space. Sometimes you need to create an opportunity that doesn't exist and you need to zoom out and be like, oh, I can, we're creators. And so number three is not action, but it's about creating. What's one small thing? What small, small creation that can support that choice, that big decision you need to make to get some momentum? It's small. The, the create is tiny. It's not this big action list. Um, number four is consider. And I think we can do more of this as a, as a community, as a society, as a collective. How did you go? How was it? You, you did a small thing. You, you made a move towards the thing you want to make. How was that? Yeah. So like consider, was it really a failure? Mm, did I fail? You know, actually, I learned something, you know. Okay, cool. Oh, that was shit. That was really not good. I'm never going to do that again. Every time I speak, I'm so hard on myself, but in a healthy way. I want to give great work to the, to the art, and I never want to get high on my own supply. And I think humility is such a big thing that you gain when you have overcome a lot, and you're resilient, and you messed up a lot, basically. And so I always evaluate. I watch what I said. I watch my talks. I'm like, oh, that was too much. I did that. Whatever. Okay, cool. Now I can do better. The next step. And always the point is, can we do better? So uh, that's consider. And then number five is continue. Here's what happens. If consider you fell flat on your ass, air quotes, you failed, and you think you're a failure, many people get stuck in consider. They get stuck as a failure. They go, well, last time I did that, it sucked and I was horrible. And they stay in number four for years and years, frozen, paralyzed by their mishaps and the mistakes that they made. And instead of continuing on in their practice of confidence, it becomes a crowbar and they just get stuck. Some people for years are stuck here. And I'm like, babe, I know you fell. And I know you think it was really dramatic. The blood has dried and no one's watching you. And you're still on the floor. Get your ass up because we're walking all over you. And you're, you're making a scene. Who cares? Come on. Let's go. And you get up and you go again. And you go again. And really courage 
uh, courage and continue are not even real steps. If you watch a confident person, someone out there, Oprah, whoever you think is amazing, they, they don't even, they don't even, you don't see them fall. They fall all the time, but they're up so quick back to it. They're scared. Yeah. Courage. So it almost becomes like this, the wind that keeps them moving. And they're just making choices, taking action, evaluating, doing something different, going again. And the movement of confidence happens. And then you go, wow, she's so confident. And I'm like, no, they're just committed to the practice. And that's the five C's. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing them oh, and explaining them so concisely. And I love what you're sharing there about courage's yeah, this impregnated sort of attitude that's in there and the continue is the elasticity to sort of just come back and courage gives you, when we're seeing like an elastic band being pulled and then let go and then pulled and then yeah. let go, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's the thing that I love the most about what you shared is, yeah, the fact that it's a practice. Um, cause that does align back to what I was saying before in terms of my own relationship with confidence was, not that I'm an expert on confidence, um, just around in some places I have it, in some places I don't, you know, and me trying to reconcile that fact and coming home to clarity, um, you know, and here you you sort of sharing, it's a practice, you know, you work on it in some places, you feel it more in some places you don't, you know, and it's, yeah, I really like the consider piece as well around learning to like evaluate yeah, what did but I you know learn you do have. There? have I succeeded? You, all, yeah, go on. you always trust. You're mm. in the boardroom trusting that you're consuming taking in you know uh listening landing marinating and that's what i'm meant to be doing in this moment exactly yeah and you're trusting that and so you know anytime i think oh god i can't do that or oh who am i to do that i just go you know what you have made it all the way to here are you not going to trust like you'll figure it out and even if you don't know you'll sit there and you'll watch and you'll go shit i don't know what i'm doing this is shocking and then you'll be like, cool. And then you'll learn that you didn't know what you were doing. And next time you got to prepare or, you know what, listening really helped me to go, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't like this. Like you're going to gain information either way, but trusting that you know always what you can do and what you can't do. And that always you can trust that you will be okay. You're going to be okay. Just that core, like to me, that just allows me to walk around in the world that gives me which, you know, it's a whole other thing, but that gives me the, the one thing that the women I work with, the thing that holds them back the most is that they care so much what people think about them. And so the caring of the opinion of others makes us shrink even further into our, our, our self bubble, then we can't be fully expressed. We can't learn to trust ourselves because we have to uh, show up as who we think people will think we will be. And so I'm always looking out to my world to show me who I am. And if I'm accepted, then it's a complete... Uh, blocker of that that journey of practice of confidence and so now I just walk around going you know what I know who I am in the moment I don't know who I'll be tomorrow I'm okay with the change I'm okay with not knowing who I am because I don't know who I'll be in six months and I know I'm not that so let's let's worry about who I'm not I know I'm not that that's what I'm not and I remove the layers of who I'm not and the more I remove the layers the closer I come to who I am and then I change again and so I'm like, well, if I don't know who I am, how the hell do you know who I am? I don't care if you judge me because you're not judging me. You're judging yourself because I'm triggering the shit out of you because you don't know how to be who you are. So that's cool. So it's just like freedom, 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 confidence, freedom, not caring, letting go. And then the more I do that, the closer to the authenticity I can become. 
and that integral congruence with myself, people think it's confidence. I don't know. It's self-trust, right? It's like, yeah, so all, all of that I feel like lives, they're like cousins. They kind of work together in this, in this realm. Yeah. Erica, I will put a link to Confidence Feels Like Shit in the show notes below for everybody yes. to tune into. For those that want to work with you further, how do they, you know, they're inspired um, to evolve to greater levels yes. of confidence. Um, what's the best way to reach out and connect with you further? Well, thank you so much for having me and thank you for watching and listening. And if you love this, please tag us so that we can see you loving this episode. Um, so the best way, yeah, I'm always on Instagram, uh, go to thequeenofconfidence.com. The way that I support women, I do unfortunately only work with women. Uh, it has just been my calling and it's my greatest joy and greatest mission. And I support my women here in Australia through a program called the Sisterhood Live, where we do live events and community work together and my women overseas in the online sisterhood, which we do all online. And so those are the, really the two ways to get into the work with me. But I think the best thing to do is enjoy the content and vibe because obviously there's a specific flavor over here happening. <laughs> and so, I love that. And I'm happy also to share with your audience the five C's. It's just uh, the, the quick little five steps that you can do yourself and just every single day check in. Um, it's a pretty easy roadmap to go. What am I doing right now? My next step is the next one. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for having me. And I hope that each and every one of you listening, go out there and build that self-trust with you. Sister Bear, it has been my absolute pleasure having you here. And yeah, as you can tell, you know, going through this conversation, there's parts of even me that have been, even me, like I'm something special. Um, there's been parts of me literally in the front seat re being reworked um, around confidence as well. So I can truly attest to the fact that you are the queen of confidence. And what a, what a calling, you know, just helping people to learn to trust more and more and more in themselves, in life, in the universe. And honestly, I could totally thank you for today's conversation. I absolutely will. But the reality is, like we started, your origin story, there is so much space for you to have just severed that connection to faith and trust. And yet you just showed up again and again and again and again, like a boxer that just would not back down. So... I just want to honor you for your life's work and thank you because this conversation really stands on the shoulders of all of that. Um, yeah, just, I see you. I'm grateful. Thank you so much for doing this here with us today. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm taking all that in and, and deeply grateful for the work and the platform that you've built. And thank you for leaving that work and doing this work because you're so in the right place. Um, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. 
And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.